Nashville, Tennessee is home to some of the world's finest musicians. From country music to R&B to hip-hop and everything in between, if you've heard it, Nashville's got it. But ever since I moved to the city in 2013, I've met some incredible musicians who fall in between the cracks. Amazing musicians who are passionate about that other music. So I'm not here to talk about the music you've probably heard. I'm here to introduce you to them, illuminate their music, and share their stories. My name is David Rogers. I'm an improviser, composer, and pianist here in Music City, USA. And I want to welcome you to the Improviser's Corner. On today's episode, we have our first saxophonist, one of Music City's finest composers and improvisers, David Williford. We discussed his take on improvisation and his love for gardens. So I'm trying to think, I'm trying to remember when we first met. Because um, this? Hmm? When we first met, like the first time. Yeah, when we, was it a jam session? I heard you play at the, when VJR came to... Vanderbilt. Wow. I heard you play There Will Never Be Another You. I was like, who's this guy? He knows he knows what he's doing. That but was then, an interesting then, class. Yeah, well, I think he, I've, to, my perception of it was he was trying to be like heavy-handedly corrective with it. Like, oh, wow. You just were describing the way that harmony has worked. Yeah. To me, he, he's like correcting away from that. Like, interesting. Like D minor doesn't mean Dorian. Like, get your head out of that and just like learn do you counterpoint find, and voice leading. Do you find that helpful? Which, what's that? Vijay's approach. Yeah. Which is that there are no rules. Like genre-specific rules, I yeah. guess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, because that's like how you get into incorporating other musics into your improvising, which is the whole thing. Like if Wilco isn't valid, and then then what do you like? If you write a chord progression or treat something the way that Wilco treats it, have you like betrayed yourself or something? No, no. Like Wilco and you know the Almond Brothers and you know African folk music are all valid ways to approach whatever. And I may be totally reading way too much into this. No, I, th- I think it's interesting thing that VJ said three years ago. <laughs> right, no, we, I don't we know. Have Who knows? That we don't I don't know. Really. Call It's interesting you bring that up. You, you're someone whose music I personally find deeply inspiring for a number of reasons. Um, one of which is the way you've managed to synthesize so many different influences mm. into a sound that still sounds unique. You know, I joke all the time. You look, you look like Ben Wendell, but <laughs> <laughs> oh god, <laughs> that's a compliment. But but you have your own distinct sound, and I'm wondering what that process has looked like for you. Was it an intentional thing? when you're writing and you know trying to take specific elements or, or or do you just naturally synthesize through your playing and through your composition hmm i don't think it's as uh, uh like master plan based as you're painting it to be which i'm into like keep describing my music that way please but it's more like i just want to write by whatever means possible like whatever can get me to 
putting something out into the world uh, goes, you know, and you know, I don't have to share it with anybody if it ends up sucking, but like if I write something because I'm thinking about, you know, some indie rock tune or something and it turns into a piece of music, then that, like, I, I wrote something. Because I, I personally write very slow and um, can get blocked up and tied up pretty easy. So whatever is going to get the stuff out of my head into the universe is, like, is good. And that's the music that I think resonates with me. Um, more and more and more the longer I get away from the really, like, kind of tunnel vision of um, being in school, for better or for worse, I'm not just saying that's necessarily a bad thing, the more I'm like, man, you know, you know, time after time is a great song. That's, you know, like stuff like that. I'm like, that's just wonderful. I, you know, that's just like a simple pop tune or whatever, but that gets me going and that's okay. up because you know the, the couple house concerts that I've gone to I've really picked up on this and when I moved to Nashville and I first started getting into the jazz scene and yeah. at jam sessions is I just noticed how strong of a community within the musicians there seems to be and there there really is when you dig into it I don't know I you know my I don't have a frame of reference I you know I was in high school and didn't know what the world was like and then I went to college mm -hmm. and then I moved here so I don't really have any thing to compare it to I've traveled to other cities and visited and spent you know maybe a week at a time in other places but but I definitely feel like that's a thing here because the you know these are our our people you know I mean we know that well this for some reason sound makes you emotional so we have that in common <laughs> so we should hang out you know it's kind of a weird thing but I think it um, it's just like a connection that you can count on with a person which is great yeah especially in the context of there being so many great high-level musicians in this mm -hmm. city and in this community, that sort of kinship is really something special that I've personally experienced. I always come back to this anytime, you know, I'm on a gig and something might go awry or, or I'm, I'm teaching a lesson and something, you know, comes up and, mm -hmm. you know, I always, what always brings me back, grounds me, is the fact that what we get to do for a living which is make noise and like you said That's for some noise. reason makes people feel things <laughs> it's really weird <laughs> yeah and it's amazing that we we get to live our lives around that both creating it sharing it with people teaching it yes yeah, thing called music it's easy to lose that man i mean you know we we're in it i mean this is that's what i've been doing for like four years you know or whatever longer than that and that's my reality so I can get perturbed by like, oh, I've got to sit in traffic or something banal and stupid like that can like derail me. And then it's like, wait a minute, man. Like, yeah, you know, I'm, or, or I can get bummed like playing weddings. Come on, it's a party. Yeah. You're there and you're, you're playing music for these people. They love it. They're like probably a little drunk and very happy. <laughs> how, how in the world do I get bummed out about that? Mm -hmm.
How do you how do you personally deal with the instability of being a musician? Because inevitably there are so many things we can't control, you know. But there are maybe there are a few things that we can. But are th is there anything that you do that helps sort of focus you or ground ground you? Or do you have a a routine that's that you found particularly helpful? Staying active, like getting a little bit of exercise as you know as basic as that sounds like if I go for a jog like I I just it kind of zooms me out a little bit I do a little bit of volunteering with the Nashville Food Project and that's like like working in a garden just like a community garden and I'm super into gardening that's just like one of my interests and uh, but something about going there and like doing some labor it may sound weird but that I started doing that like years ago and for some reason, it really helped me out. Just like growing kale, uh -huh. something about it. It's just so it's so opposite from what I do, which is just like this intangible, weird service that I provide for people, and that they don't necessarily need. And then I go and like work with my hands and like make food. And it's like everyone needs food. Like you can't get around that. I don't know what it is, but that's that's always helped keep me sort of grounded through just the ridiculousness. It's been really helpful. But I think that's subjective for everybody. But just like having having a hobby that isn't music, oh my, it's so important. Mm. What what about gardening? First, captivated you, or when did you start getting into that? I think it's when I discovered the Nashville Food Project because I, I started out uh, volunteering in the kitchens because I like to cook, and you know I knew how to chop stuff, pretty basic, basic stuff. <laughs> but eventually, I started going out into the gardens because I thought that was neat, and I just thought it was. Cool. I, th I think plants are really interesting and the science behind all that, you know, is, is really neat. So that just sort of captured my interest. I started my own garden at home and now I just kind of like it. I mean, and doing a little bit of physical labor, like I said. Getting outside. Get it, being outside. Man, I wish our job was outside more. <laughs> but it dries my reeds out, you know? I <laughs> do. <laughs> <laughs> dad was like my first musical um and probably you know probably life influence my mom my mom and my dad my mother um isn't a musician but she was always extremely encouraging to be well-rounded and to just be cool to people around me which has served me well i think you know i mean it's pretty solid advice yeah. um they've both both been really supportive and my dad is a musician and still and, and an overall uh, creative person who always pursues different things just for the sake of it. I mean, he's not trying to be rich or famous, you know. He just, like, doesn't want to leave a stone uncovered, it seems like. He's the kind of uh, person that's just, like, tried all these different things. He's done drawing and photography, and he ran a marathon, and he's... You know, knows all the Beatles albums, and he taught me how to play guitar and sing in harmony. So I mean, that was obviously just like foundational. You know, that was before I did anything else. Because those are the people that are around you. That's what you. That's your reality. Um, particularly this guy from Spain. Jesus Santandreu, 
he's the man. He uh, is just this uh, composer and saxophone player that, who lives in Valencia now. But he happened to be studying conducting while I was there. And he was huge because he was obviously just in like a different league hmm. of, you know, arts and life and music and all these things, you know, obviously like had transcended where my 21 year old self was, but he just hung out with us and treated us like we were just people, you know, it was just like, Hey, you want to come play some Abersauce? And then he would just destroy me. He was a saxophone player. He would play all this mind blowing stuff and be like, cool. Yeah. I'm going to make a paella. You know, do you want one? <laughs> and I, just like being treated with such a, you know, uh, there were there was no front. He was he wasn't trying to prove anything. He was just like that. That was huge to me. The fact that they treated me like I had something to say was so huge. And I I try and treat all the musicians that I work with the same way because everyone does. I mean everyone does. Yeah. You know Coltrane said that like you can if you it's easy to go in and hear someone and be like you know oh well they you know they're out of tune they're playing all this whack stuff I'm ob- this isn't exactly what Coltrane said obviously I don't think he said whack and I quote I like to think that he said whack but no he, <laughs> but he said you know if you, if you listen to somebody and really listen you're gonna find something that you like inside of their playing and that's 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 big to me has had in our lives and I know we we could talk for hours about this but that's something that is so fascinating to me both in how we create and receive music art visual art you know how it's affected our attention spans I mean that's that's a huge subject Uh, you know specifically to like my process um, I use music technology to to help me write all the time you know, like I said, I'm not a, I'm not a really accomplished pianist or anything, but I use that to write because I can't realize, you know, a chord progression that I've never played before on piano all at once at 160 beats per minute. That's just I haven't put in the time to do that. But I can use something like Finale, or more recently I've been getting into Ableton, and I can use that to to be an augmentation of my musical imagination. That's whew, that was quite a sentence, but 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 seriously, like I can use it to to realize sounds that I might not think of, you know, all these synthesized sounds and and delays and like production things that I hear on records. I can I can be experimenting with that as I write in real time, and I can say, well, I want this to be faster. What would that sound like? And I can play it, boom, beam, boom, 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 boom. Boom, 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 and then speed it up, you know? I mean, as rudimentary and simple as that is, that's a huge tool. It's not, it's not like listening to the naysayers or criticism or... or positive feedback even it's I think it's just being in tune with what people are saying and what what other people are saying um, and for me being aware of outsiders or an outside opinions comes down to mostly like being aware of what other music is being created or what other ideas or what are what other technology 
is being used right now. Yeah. Um, and combining that with, like you said, what you personally find exciting. I've been listening to a lot to uh, Fiona Apple. Have you ever checked her out? Uh, that first record she put out, she was like 17. And there are some bangers on there. Wow. <laughs> She's so good. Yeah, and I still really enjoy her as an interpreter, too. Like, just the way she delivers melodies. It's kind of like cold and detached, but still like in the blues somehow. Um, yeah, Fiona Apple would be my short answer. Um, and I've been reading this book from Questlove, uh, Creative Quest, which is a book name you get to have if you name yourself Questlove. Um, but it's a great book. It's, it's really, really nice. And um, it's kind of pointed me towards the roots. I think, I think the roots have gotten that public attention recently, especially when Black Thought put out that ridiculous 10 or 12 minute freestyle. Yeah, I haven't heard this, but people have been, oh, I, people have been you, mentioning you Black Thought to me a lot. Yeah, uh, he's one of the founding members, of course, of, of the Roots. Mm -hmm. But he, he went on this radio show and just did this at least 10 minute long freestyle. And it's incredible. I mean, you just have to check it out. Is it a diss track? No, it's not. Oh, okay. No, it's just... Not really interested. It's not just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty amazing. I put out this record, I'm very happy and I'm very proud of it. I haven't made the money I put into it back and I don't plan to. Not that I'm against it, but I just don't, that's not why I did it. There's people who are versed in that system and have lots of knowledge about that and I'm not one of them. Um, the, I, mean, I feel like that whole thing is changing as we're looking at it, um, so I would go to an expert. Bandcamp is awesome. It gives people the ability to pay free music if they want or not. Um, I just put my music everywhere that I can. Just, you know, and if people want to listen to it, bully for them, you know. I mean, this is probably still in college when I brought music to people and heard them interpret it and having it be so much more than when I just Plink, plink, plink on the piano, but not a strong pianist, you know, but that's how I write. And hearing them interpret it and turn it into this thing, uh, it was just, that's the most exciting feeling in the world. You know, I mean, that's just, I, can't, I haven't, haven't topped it yet, you know? Like, like I, when I was in college, I wrote this piece for orchestra, and it was like orchestra and saxophone, and I got to, I was lucky enough that we partnered with like the recording industry um, program, and they recorded it. Um, and that, that's, I, that's the top, man. Like hearing something that you pulled out of your head and have 40 people interpret it and bring it. I mean, that's, that's just the highest high. Do you want to play? Play yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Let's play. Let's play. <laughs> 